temple. Let all the earth keep silence before you. Keep silence, keep silence, keep silence before you. Sing it again. The is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before you. Preston Crest Church of Christ. We're pleased to see so many here. We have uh, members and visitors. I, I, my name is Brian Pruitt. I serve as one of the elders here at Preston Crest and on behalf of the entire eldership, we want you to know that we are delighted that you're with us this morning. If you are a first-time visitor, we hope that you will fill out one of the cards in the uh, pew in front of you and take that to our welcome desk in the foyer so that we can know of your visit. We have a, a gift for first-time visitors, and we hope that you'll allow us to meet you and get to know you after our service. If you haven't already, please take a moment to uh, text 
check-in to the number that's on the screen. When you text check-in to that number, you'll immediately receive our digital bulletin and it allows us uh, to know that you're on our campus in case of any emergency situation. Also of note, you can text the word ME to that same number at any time and have direct access to our church directory um, and our website. You'll also get a digital bulletin. Any prayer requests can also be made through that uh, app or by filling out one of the cards in the pew in front of you. You can put that in the contribution box that's uh, in the lobby. Uh, our, our elders meet every Monday night and one of the things we always do is to pray specifically for those who have requested prayers. One of the more enjoyable things we get to do as elders is to uh, celebrate our success and our evangelism conference last weekend was uh, a huge success. Uh, you're gonna see some of those images, I think, scroll by. Uh, as most of you know, we had about 30 speakers who came from many locations around the country. We had about 80 congregations that were represented. And uh, a preacher or elder count of about 750 people participated at some level in our conference. And then we had about almost 1,200, I think, in our worship service last Sunday. So it was a wonderful weekend of uh, learning and uh, Bible uh, teaching and fellowship. Um, we just had a marvelous weekend. The elders want to express appreciation to all of those who helped, who volunteered, who taught, the ministers, the staff, all the volunteer hosts um, made it such an amazing weekend. Uh, in particular, we want to express appreciation to uh, Jacob Hawk, one of our ministers for our young adults, who was the director of this conference. Uh, Jacob took this really from an idea about a year ago to uh, a remarkable event last weekend. The feedback and the reviews that are still coming in have been enthusiastically positive. So thank you to everyone. Uh, to God be the glory. As we enter into our worship this morning, I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning acknowledging you as our creator and the source of every good and perfect gift. We thank you, Lord, for our very lives for every breath that you grant us, every beat of our hearts here on this earth. We are grateful that you allow us to call you our Father and to come before you together this morning in prayer. Lord, we have many members of our church family with serious medical problems, including injuries, cancer, chronic pain, dementia, and other severe conditions. And we ask, Father, that you would reach down to each one we ask that you would comfort them in their affliction. We ask, Father, that you would bring healing to relieve their pain and suffering and restore their health. We believe, Father, in the power of prayer and in your power to heal. Holy Father, we're mindful of the terrible earthquake tragedy that has occurred in Turkey and Syria 
and the thousands of lives lost. We ask your blessings on all of those who have been injured, those who have lost their lives and lost loved ones. We're grateful, Father, for the help that's coming in from around the world, and we ask for healing and peace. Father, we thank you for the success and the outpouring of support for our evangelism conference last weekend. We thank you for the many speakers who came from such distances in many cases, and helping us to learn to be more effective in ways to spread your good news. I thank you for all of those here at Preston Crest who volunteered in various capacities as hosts for the great weekend and for all of those who participated um, in any way. We praise you, Father, for giving everyone safe travels. We ask, Father, that you would bless all of those who have tender hearts for evangelism. Father, it is always our desire to be more obedient to your word, more effective, more bold in our outreach to those around us. Help us, Father, in this year of 2023 to be more intentional, more effective in reaching out and representing you and teaching others about you and your son, Jesus. I pray, Father, always for spiritual renewal in this country and around the world. I pray that you would open the hearts of those who are lost, many in very dark places of worldliness. My prayer is that you would allow your word, the Bible, to flow into their lives and allow someone, any of us, as we have opportunity to share the good news, the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, as we here at Preston Crest endeavor to simply be faithful New Testament Christians, we pray that as we worship you this morning, that our words, our thoughts, our hearts will all be pleasing and acceptable to you, Almighty God, as we lift up this worship to you. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. Holy, holy, Yeah. 
We're going to sing one more song as we enter into this time of communion. And then Monty Masters is going to come and share with us and lead us around the bread and around the cup. Let's sing. Ladies, start this song.
Good morning. Everybody looks so nice today. Um, if you're not familiar with what we're about to do, um, it's often called communion or uh, the Lord's Supper. It was modeled for us uh, by our Savior, Jesus, who, um, before he died on the cross, broke bread, and he said to his disciples to do it in remembrance of him. He, they drank wine together, and he said to do that in remembrance of his blood. And um, they didn't really understand what that meant. Um, fast forward to the New Testament church, and they did that every time they were together. And so we do that at this time. Um, before we go to that, I want to just give you some thoughts. Um, I'm going to teach you a new word today. I have a friend named Greg who is a uh, change management consultant, and so they're always coming up with crazy ideas to try and help businesses go from being in bad shape to good shape. So he created a word. He made it up. Um, it's called withness, W-I-T-H-N-E-S-S. And no, you're not going to find it in any dictionary. And I'm not going to put it on any slides, because if I put it on some slides, uh, I would have to put a registered trademark. So he was proud enough of the word that he registered it, withness, W-I-T-H-N-E-S-S. And uh, I was talking to Greg last week, and then I was preparing for this, and I thought to myself, well, that's, you know, I've forgotten that he made up this new word, withness. But to me, it always, every time I heard it, felt like it was a combination of two words, with and witness. And as we enter into this time of communion, it is true to say that it is a time for deep personal reflection. But we are also together, and we are in communion together. And it is also true to say that what we do is a witness to our beliefs, that we are, in fact, Christians, and that we are witnessing to his death, burial, and resurrection, as well as his life. And so as you're thinking about taking the bread and drinking the wine, um, and you're thinking about your relationship with Jesus, just remember you're not alone. And what you're doing is a witness uh, to your belief in Jesus Christ. Let me read a few things from the Bible about how the New Testament church treated each other in these times and how they kind of viewed being with each other. In Hebrews 10:25, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Acts 27, on this first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Acts 2, 42 through 46, they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching into fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs they performed that were performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. Let's pray. Our God and Father in heaven, we're so grateful for the life of Christ and for his body suffering on the cross and what a violent death that was. Um, we're not worthy, but we are grateful. And uh, help us in this time to remember we're not alone, God, that you are with us, but we're also with each other. And we have way more in common as believers than we 
have not in common. Bless this bread. Amen. Let's pray again. God and Father in heaven, we're grateful for Jesus on the cross and the blood that was shed. God, help us not to forget that as we go through this week. Help us to be a witness to you and in, in, in the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ with everyone that we come into contact with through the way that we act, through the words that we say, and the way that we treat each other. In your name we pray. Amen. morning, visitors. We are so glad that you are here today. Um, this is a time when we recognize just the good work that God is doing among us and through us, and all the glory goes to Him. And so thank you for your giving. You've been giving your voice to worship Him today, and your mind to pay attention to the things of God today. And also we give financially to support the work of God. And one of the ministries that we definitely did not come up with, that God just dropped in our lap, is the ministry of our our fellow members at Preston Crest, Nathan and Massa, who are back there. You guys wave for us. Nathan and Massa, and they're taking care of three little boys over there as well. But they show up at the building one day out of nowhere. We don't know them. They don't know us. They just needed to use the building briefly. And, uh, and they are refugees from Iran. 
who are now, it's been a couple of years, they're now citizens, American citizens, but they are Christians, they are believers, and they have just a phenomenal ministry back home in Iran and through the internet, and they have been leading people to Christ left and right, and you're going to see a video about that because they are members here now, and they are workers for the Lord, and it's just amazing how God will see his work to to completion even when he has to surprise us with his work and make these, these connections that we never would have made on our own. So let's pray and we'll watch a video in just a moment. God, there's so much going on here among your people at Preston Crest and in other churches around the Metroplex. And we give you glory for the good works done in your name. We claim none of it for ourselves. And God, I just pray your blessing on the work of Nathan and Masa and their family and their fellow Kalisanet leaders. And I pray for revival in the country of Iran that many many souls will come to Jesus Christ in that country, and I pray that you'll surround Nathan Amasa with your protection and with your wisdom as they lead this ministry. We pray this with thanksgiving in our heart for the partnerships that only you can form. We praise you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Hello, Preston Christ. I'm Nathan. And I'm Massa. On behalf of our Kilisanet team, thank you for your support. Kelisanet means church net. Our vision is to deliver the message of the gospel throughout Iran and beyond, focusing on discipleship, planting house churches, and training believers and faithful servants for developing the kingdom of God. Kelisanet has served over 80 house churches. Currently, we are serving more than 20 house churches led by local leaders who are worshiping, teaching, and fellowshipping. Groups of believers are sharing the story of Jesus with strangers and praying with them throughout the week. Your contribution makes it possible for us to spread the good news of Jesus by distributing over 950 Bibles, 3,500 New Testaments, 7,000 books that introduce people to Christ, 150 children Bibles in different cities and small towns across Iran. Because of your support, more than 40 people were baptized into Christ and many more, over 120 souls are considering how to grow their faith in Jesus. Kelly Sonnet has hosted four conferences last year to teach, equip, and strengthen house churches and leaders. Clisonet also has an enormous social media presence for which we produce teaching videos. Clisonet also helped Afghan families who moved to the United States after the Taliban came to power and distributed children's Bibles and New Testaments. Thank you again for your support. Yeah. Thank you guys for being open to the, the leadership of, of God and his spirit in your lives and, and teaching in such a, a dangerous and hostile environment. I'll tell you what, here in the United States, the, the Islam faith kind of scares us. They're more scared of Jesus than, than we are of them. Praise God. Thank you guys for, 
for converting and, and, and just sharing the good news of Jesus with so many. Okay. Hey, we got a prayer quilt today out in the foyer, and this is for Glenda Bledsoe. Glenda and Bill were, are probably um, some of the most generous families of this church. Um, probably one of the most generous families in, this, in the history of this church. And so uh, Glenda is now living in assisted living and needs prayers for comfort, peace, and support. So please stop by that table, tie a knot in that quilt and say a prayer, and take the name of Glenda Bledsoe with you this week. Hey, next week we've got our, not next week, I did it again. Next week, it's the 26th, Bordeaux, sorry, bruh. I'd eat fajitas with you next week and the week after. Okay, so the 26th, we got our fajita fundraiser. That's coming up. And then uh, yesterday, we had safe conversations here on this campus. And many of you took advantage of that. We'll have one, in the, we'll have one now, and then we'll have another one in the fall. But uh, again, probably the best tool that, uh, that many of us know of uh, in, in improving our communication with our spouse or with other relationships, such a great tool. And, and if you know of somebody that it would benefit, that, uh, that they can take advantage of, please connect them with that. We'll have another one of these in the fall. So, and Gary Cohorn, thank you so much for providing that for, for this church and for those that need it. All right, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. We'll sing one more, and then Gore's going to come back up and share with us. Savior, he can move a mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. starting out the week joining with God's people and praising the name of God. He is mighty to save, and we are, we are living proof of that, aren't we? we? We were saved by the blood of Christ, and we are forever grateful for that. Um, I wanted to tell you guys, Jerry Bradshaw passed away. Just uh, yeah, a lot of y'all know him. He's been part of this church for a long time, had a long ba battle with health concerns and things. And I saw Mary this morning, gave her a hug. And we just want to pray for, for her and the whole Bradshaw family. What a legacy of faith um, Jerry left here at Preston Crest. As we continue our Walk in Wisdom series, we're going to talk about some sources uh, this morning that that we can learn from in terms of, of understanding more and, and growing wise, but sources that require, let's say, filtering. Uh, we're going to talk about arts and beauty 
We're going to talk about books. We're even going to talk about the internet a little bit this morning. God has built a lot of things into his world that, that with eyes to see, with ears to hear, with, with appropriate filtering, we can learn from these sources. And he wants for us to. And the Spirit of God, as we'll see later this morning, can even help us learn from some unlikely sources. But first, I wanted to talk a second to kind of frame the conversation, I want to talk about the, the Ganges River, that great river that runs through India that provides water to hundreds of millions of people and waters their crops. It is incredibly important. It's even considered to be sacred by the Hindus. And so I want you to look at two images this morning. On the left, you have pure, cold, crystalline waters and on the other hand, you have water that is not quite so pure. These are both pictures of the Ganges River. One of them is way up in the source waters of the Ganges in the Himalaya mountains. And the other is way, way, way downstream after many sources of pollution, industrial waste, human waste, uh, all sorts of things come into the river downstream and it becomes uh, considerably less pure. Um, and so this morning, what we're going to talk about is our wisdom journey and how the source waters are Scripture. Even more than that, the source waters are God Himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is where we find pure, undiluted, powerful, potent wisdom for our lives. Further downstream sources of wisdom become more contaminated, but we can still with proper filtering uh, glean from them, appreciate them, appropriate them, bring them into our own thinking and lives as long as Jesus is at the center. Uh, predictably, the further you get from God in terms of wisdom, the more polluted, the more toxic the waters become. And so greater... Um, greater discretion is required. I quoted Thoreau uh, on week one, Henry David Thoreau, talking about read not the times, and he was talking about the newspapers of the day. Read not the times, he said, read the eternities. And today I want to bring you another quote from this great American writer and philosopher. He said, I believe that the mind can be permanently profaned by the habit of attending to trivial things, so that all our thoughts shall be tinged with triviality, so that we'll have all of these thoughts that are just kind of meaningless, that don't have traction, that don't lead anywhere. And he says, the mind can become profaned. And I love that choice of words because it's really calling the idea of temple to mind, profane. Fane in Latin means a temple. Profane means outside the temple. Like our minds can be so far away from what is sacred, from what is set apart, that we just have meaningless, trivial thoughts all of the time. And so when contaminated content is constantly throwing, flowing into your mind from your phone or your TV or your social media threads, you can actually desecrate your thinking. You can profane your mental life. 
Colossians, this is a remedy Paul talks about. I actually think Thoreau could have been ripping off Paul here. Paul said a long time before Henry David Thoreau, he said in Colossians 3 verse 2, he said, folks, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Would you read that with me? Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Now, Paul is not saying don't have any earthly thoughts. He's not saying that. Uh, Paul, under, Paul had a vocation. He was a tent maker. Paul had a lot of things like you and I to take care of in this world. He had earthly things to think about. Travel plans and business plans and everything else. But setting our minds, putting God above all else, allows us to engage everything else from a different perspective, right? From a heavenly perspective. And this orientation is an orientation in Christ. You as a follower of Jesus, you are located in Christ. That is your permanent residence. Your eternal location is in Christ. And so I want to go to these source waters of Jesus this morning, again through the words of Paul in his letter to a very philosophically minded people in the Greek city of Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 to 30. He's going to talk with us about orienting our thoughts around Jesus. He says, for Jews demand signs. Jews want to see miracles. And Greeks, Gentiles, they seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. It is a stumbling block to Jews. It is folly. It is foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and Christ is the wisdom of God. The source waters of wisdom. For the foolishness, this is a great line, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you, no offense here, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are where? You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Verse 30, we are in Christ he is not just one of the many sources of wisdom for us. He is the source waters of the wisdom of God. He is the one who shapes our thinking as disciples. He is the one who filters our thinking as we engage with the things of this world. 
He is, verse 30, to us, he is the wisdom of God. And he's more than that, Paul says. He is our sanctification. He is our redemption. Jesus is our righteousness. And that is good, good news. So, I would congratulate you today on one choice you made. You got out of bed. Uh, Most likely you got in the car or you rode the bus to the Preston Crest Church of Christ this morning. And you chose to set your heart on things above. You came to a place where the name of Christ you knew would be worshipped. Where you would hear the word of God proclaimed. So well done. You are locating yourself at the start of a new week in Christ. You know, when I start my day off with meditation, with scripture reading, with prayer, I am intentionally choosing to draw the affections of my heart, the thoughts of my mind to where they belong in Christ. And it is good for my thinking. And it is good for my soul. I was thinking this week about the story of Legion, Mark chapter 5, also in the Gospel of Luke. This is a man who was demon-possessed by a multitude of demonic presences. What a confused, wild, discombobulated, ruined life this man had. He lived in a graveyard. He was naked. He was self-harming all the time, cutting himself with rocks, shouting and wailing Until he met Jesus. Jesus sent those demons packing. (laughs) And when the townspeople came out, and they knew about this wild man who lived in the cemetery, when the townspeople came out, they were actually, according to Mark chapter 5 verse 15, they were afraid because they saw him sitting and clothed and in his right mind. I like that story for a lot of reasons. It's a powerful story of redemption. It's what, what Jesus can do to transform a life. But I would say more specifically today, think about what that story says about the power of Christ to transform your thought life. He went from being, to put it mildly, not in his right mind to being completely sane, sober, clear-headed, and it freaked the townspeople out. The difference Jesus made in such a short time in this fellow's life. So as a disciple of Jesus, I know that when I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus, when I'm with the Lord, I am my best and truest self. And I'm thinking my noblest and clearest thoughts. By the way, and this is just a bonus this, mo- this morning because I, just, I just paused here this week, kind of pushed away from the computer, and I just started thinking about a lot of people, a lot of you and others that I know. Um, there are folks that we know, and you may be one of these folks, who has a, a mental illness. You likely have a loved one who has a mental illness. You may have, and it's in the broadest terms possible, it it might be an older family member who has some form of dementia. And it is a burden and it is a struggle not only for that loved one, but for all of you who care for that person. You may have a child who is born with some mental limitations. The brain is a part of the body. It can be sick, just like a thumb can be sick or another part of your body can be sick. And I was thinking this week as I was working through this, what a beautiful, amazing day it's going to be when we see that person we care about 
we see their true selves in the presence of Jesus in heaven. Like we think we know people today, we're going to see them in all of their glory with all of the fallenness and the sickness of, of, of this world cast away. And I say Maranatha, I say Lord come quickly. I can't wait for that day. In the here and now, we do our part as far as it depends on us as disciples to draw near to Jesus, to truly live in Christ because that's, no, that's where we know Colossians 3, that's where we know our true selves reside. And so let's talk this morning about beauty, let's talk about books, and yeah, let's talk about social media and the internet. First, when we think about beauty, in a way as we appreciate a work of art, uh, an orchestral piece, a Broadway show, uh, a painting hanging in a museum, when, when a ballet performance. When we, when we think about beauty, there is something about it that stirs our souls. We feel differently than we did before we were in that place. Um, our, the chords of our heart are kind of vibrating, and it shouldn't surprise us. God is a God of incredible beauty. Look around the universe that he made. And we creatures are made in the image of God. And so part of that means we are also able to create with the raw materials he's built into the world. We are able to create beautiful things. Some people take the vocal cords that God gave them and they can sing, oh, it just puts goosebumps on us. Some people are able to take the hands that God gave them and, and raw materials that God put into the world and they are able to, to cook, you know, culinary masterpieces. Or sew a beautiful quilt or paint a beautiful painting. And we see these shadows of the beauty of God and they can, if we will allow them, be our wisdom teachers. Take us deeper inspire us, give us insights. Great works of art do that. The great revivalist preacher Jonathan Edwards once said this, all of the beauty, all of it to be found throughout the whole creation is but a reflection of the diffused beams of the being who hath an infinite fullness of brightness and glory. Like whatever we see in this world that, that is beautiful, that stirs our soul, we know the source waters. We know that God gave us this capacity to appreciate and to create beautiful things. Um, literature is another source of depth and wisdom, I think increasingly underappreciated in our modern world. Um, like if, if you're just reading things that agree with you, if you're just reading things that, that restate what you already believe, that doesn't help you on your wisdom journey. But if you will sit at the, peop at the feet of people who maybe you disagree with, or maybe have a very different perspective on things, you don't have to agree with everything they say or write. But it can help broaden your understanding of the world, of where they're coming from, and it can really serve the wisdom journey well. We know that the Apostle Paul was an avid reader. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, he begs Timothy, next time you come to see me, bring my books and scrolls. I mean, this guy missed his literature. Paul was frequently quoting 
thinkers of his day, non-biblical thinkers of his day. He quoted Aratus, Menander, and Epimenides. But you haven't heard of those guys, but they were popular back in the days of Paul. And he quoted them even in some of his sermons. And check out, you go back to the Old Testament, you see kind of the same thing. How God can use the writings of the day, the thinking of the broader culture to to grow someone in learning and understanding. In the Old Testament, we've got a story of, you remember Daniel, the book of Daniel? And Daniel's friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You don't see any kids named that in the nursery these days. Uh, Those names could make a comeback, we'll see. But we learn about their journey in Daniel chapter 1. These these young men had been taken from home in Israel. And they had been exiled. They had been forced off into this land far away. The land of Babylon. And because they were smart, good looking guys. They were put into a training program. That maybe they could be civil servants. If they passed all the tests and everything. Civil servants of the Babylonian Empire. So there they were. And they were exposed to all kind of culture and language and literature of the Babylonian Empire. And check out what the Word of God says. Daniel 1, 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. The literature of the Babylonians, the wisdom writings of the Babylonians. So we need to read. (laughs) We need to read books that are new and more often even books that are not so new. The the very patience that's required to, to read, the very attentiveness that we struggle with in our modern time with our short attention spans, it's just proof that we need to do it more. Something that's lengthy, something that engages our minds over a period of time. This can open up understanding and learning and wisdom for us. Daniel and his friends, they were immersed in the language, culture, and literature of the empire. And it was God who was doing the immersing. It was God who was guiding them on this journey, who was shaping them. God gave them learning. Daniel 1.17 reading. We're not talking about scrolling (laughs) through Instagram, scrolling through Reddit. I do that sometimes. We're talking about actual reading, wrestling with texts. It takes a little patience. It takes a little attentiveness, but God can bring you some understanding and, and breadth of wisdom through that. And while beauty and books, we're thinking about Jesus, the source waters, pure, crystalline, holy. While beauty and books are a little further downstream, they're a little bit more polluted, I think we can agree. Um, They can be used to deepen our learning and understanding. As a Christ follower, I kind of imagine Jesus sitting next to me. You know, while I'm reading, Jesus speaking to me. This, I have this Jesus orientation when I consume art or literature. Otherwise, we might begin, become like one of these poor souls who's always reading, who's always engaging, who's always looking at notifications and updates. But as Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, 7, they are always learning 
and never, never able, and I like this word, to arrive. They are never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Like you can pack your head full of information, but if Jesus isn't sitting beside you, if the Lord isn't guiding that journey, you'll just be spinning your wheels. There's no traction there on your wisdom journey. Kind of sounds like Paul was writing about internet surfers today. Always getting more information, but going absolutely nowhere. So what about the internet? What about this high-speed information superhighway that is constantly bombarding us? Probably even since you've been sitting here this morning, you've gotten some updates on your phone. Don't check, please. Updates, notifications, beeps, tweets, whatever. It's happening all the time. What about this? It's good. It can be. It's way far downstream. It's a lot more polluted than the scriptures or the community of faith or nature, but We can learn from them. I mean, think about it. For the first time, our generation, we have access to the collected wisdom and knowledge and scientific fact of all of human history right there on your phone. It's incredible. It's incredible, but it takes a great deal of filtering lest we desecrate our thought lives, lest we profane the temple of our minds. So we need to watch out. As Jeff Bilbro wrote, (laughs) an unhealthy mental diet results in a kind of intellectual bloating and discomfort. And the problem is further compounded because such a diet intensifies our craving for mental junk food. The more time you spend on your phone scrolling through, the more time you feed on this junk food, the more you will want it. So constant grazing on social media feeds, clickbait, news alerts can numb us to the substantial to the spiritual. Read not the times, read the eternities. Brett McCracken, back to his Wisdom Pyramid book, so good. He says, like the the fats, oils, and sweets food group atop the food pyramid, the internet and social media should be a, quote, use sparingly portion of our wisdom diet. Should it be part of our wisdom diet? Yes. Should it be a use sparingly part? Yeah, absolutely. On the other hand, there is good out there, and we have access to so much information. Uh, we can find people who have different perspectives, who've lived different lives from us, and we can grow wiser from sitting at their feet and listening. All the while, we do it in Christ. We do it as disciples of Jesus, filtering it all through the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, filtering, yes. Filtering doesn't mean we block all of it, that we block that literature, that we block those blogs, that we block those social media accounts that that don't fit our Jesus-oriented worldview. It does not mean we block all of that because the world needs us 
to engage in those places. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But like the Lord gave Daniel and his friends insights as they engaged wisdom and Babylonian literature, uh, the Lord can help us navigate these polluted streams as well. Uh, And the further, you know this, the further you get from the source waters, right? The more contaminated, the more toxic the stream becomes. And yes, on the internet, it can get pretty toxic. So Gordon, if the internet is such a cesspool, if it is such a toxic river of waste, why not just cancel all the social media accounts and do away with the internet? Well, because we are salt and light. Because we are called to go out into the world and share the message of Jesus. And let me ask you something today. Where will you find the world? On the internet. On those social media accounts. And we need to be salt and light. We need to bring the good news of Jesus to those places. Now we don't need to be drawn off sides. And join in the ranting and the anger and the belittling and the sarcasm. But we need to be salt and light because the world is hanging out on the internet. We need to be engaged there. And yeah, there are, there are a few gems of truth out there on the internet. I found one this week as a, as a PhD in philosophy. This one kind of stung a little bit, resonated with me. This week I saw someone post, what's the difference between a social media influencer and a philosophy major. The philosophy major needed a degree to be useless. There's a little bit of truth there. Polluted streams, toxic waters out there in the digital world, but the digital world is also a mission field. I am grateful for our live stream. I'm grateful for people who watch the content of this church on the World Wide Web. The world needs to get the message of Jesus out there. We need to meet people where they are. We need to be present and we need to be engaged on the mission field of the internet. I want to close with this. Whether we are spending time in scripture, whether we are reading books, non-Christian books, whether we are looking at art, whether we are surfing the internet. This is a great prayer for me, for you, for disciples of Jesus. Paul prays it over his friends in Ephesus, Ephesians 1.17. He says that we need to come in all of those arenas of gathering knowledge and learning. We need to come asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of all wisdom. We need to ask God to give us spiritual wisdom and insight so that we might grow in our knowledge of God. And so God, help us. Lead us as you did Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. Lead us as you did the Apostle Paul as he was reading pagan poetry. Lead us in our wisdom journey so that we can grow not only in our understanding of the world, but in our understanding of you and our role in your world. This morning, maybe you're here and you have not yet declared Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Today, you can take that step and and declare him to be the author and the perfecter of your faith, your 
Lord. You can do that today. You can repent of your sins and confess his name, be baptized into Jesus, and begin that journey as his disciple. And we would love to see you make that decision for Jesus today. Uh, maybe you want to be a member of the Lord's Church here at Preston Crest. We would love to talk with you about that, answer your questions. We've got PC 101 coming up next month, or we can talk to you about other ways you can join the Fellowship of Believers here at Preston Crest. Maybe you need the prayers of this church. We've all got things going on in our lives that we need prayers over. However you need to respond, let's declare in Christ alone. We're going to build our lives in Christ alone. Let's p- declare that as we stand and worship together. In Christ alone, <laughs> My hope is found, he is my light, my strength, my song. John Scott. Thank you, Gordon, for our worship service this morning. We want to continue to remember Mary Bradshaw and the Jerry Bradshaw's family in our prayers this week. Uh, also want to remind everyone that our, our service this evening will be at 4 p.m., um, and we hope that you will uh, come for that 4 p.m. service before all of the 
festivities uh, later in the day. Uh, this morning, our take-home passage is going to be read by J.J. Klein. If you'll read with him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God bless you.